0: Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maetry, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Monday, August the ninth. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter four, verses 16 through 30. Luke 4:16 through 30. And um, it is uh, something that we are familiar with. It is uh, Jesus' homecoming uh, of sorts. Remember, Jesus, of course, was born in Bethlehem. But uh, Herod, who was determined to kill anyone, any newborn baby that was a threat to the throne and to his power, he was mad with power. The angel of the Lord appeared to St. Joseph and indicated that they must leave because of Herod. And so they flee into Egypt, and then they return when the angel appears to Joseph again and tells them that Herod is dead and it's safe to return. And so they settle in Nazareth. And so hence we get Jesus of Nazareth, but of course he was born uh, in Bethlehem, as we know, a little town of Bethlehem. And Jesus uh, grew up in Nazareth. It was his formative years. Uh, Biblical scholars call it the lost years of Jesus. We have uh, really no uh, details, uh, no even hint of uh, what took place between the return from Egypt and Jesus uh, then appearing in public, in the public ministry. And this is Jesus' debut of sorts in the sense of being public. And uh, he comes to a synagogue. <clears throat> Luke tells us Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been reared. And entering the synagogue on the Sabbath, as he was in the habit of doing, Jesus is a faithful Jew, he stood up to do the reading. It was like the lector. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll. And he finds the passage where the following is written. This is from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, therefore he has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and release to prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord. Luke tells us that Jesus rose up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and he sat down. All in the synagogue had their eyes fixed on him. Then he began by saying to them, today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The spirit of the Lord is upon me the Spirit of the Lord. Remember, it's the Spirit that led Jesus into the desert for the temptations, uh, his baptism at the Jordan by John the Baptist, and now he's ready for the public ministry. And of course, he returns and goes public in Nazareth. And uh, he goes to the synagogue again, and he reads that passage. And Jesus says, This passage is fulfilled, the words of the prophet have been fulfilled, and it's fulfilled in him. He has been anointed in the Spirit to bring the gospel, glad tidings, to the poor, to those who are open to receive it, those who are not rich in their own estimation or materially rich, but those who are poor so that God can be their riches liberty to captives. The liberty there, of course, is the liberty from sin. Recovery of sight to the blind, those who see not simply with the eye, but with the insight of faith, and release to prisoners, those who are bound into their own selfishness, bound by sin, bound by their unwillingness to see that God is moving in a way that had been promised long ago. And now, here is the time of fulfillment. Remove the cataracts from your eyes and see. To announce a year of favor, it's now the time of grace. God is doing something brand new, definitive, ultimate, in the person of Jesus, his beloved Son, and our Lord and Savior. And Luke tells us that all present spoke quite favorably of him. They marveled at the appealing discourse which came from his lips. So far, the homecoming's pretty good. It's going well. He's getting rave reviews. They also asked, is not this Joseph's son, Notice, in the midst of that, the serpent is at work. The murmuring starts. The doubts set in. In other words, isn't this the carpenter's son? Where is he getting all of this from? Who does he think he is to come back? Uh, we know him. We know his mother, his father. Uh, that's that little kid running around uh he's grown up he left for a while now he's back <clears> hmm <throat> uh he's he's he doesn't know his place. See how that works it it It's once again this jealousy and envy begins to take hold and uh Jesus said. Uh, do here in your own country, uh, rather they say to Jesus, do here in your own country what you we have heard that you have done in Capernaum. In other words, you were big out of town, but now that you're back, start working some of those miracles and signs that we've heard about, you know, the rumors. But in fact, he went on, no prophet gains acceptance in his native place. Um, Jesus is well aware. Jesus is not naive. He understands what's at work. The dynamic has changed from praise to jealousy and envy. That's the way the dynamic works. And Jesus says no prophet is accepted in his own place. He comes back and those who say, huh, my, my, who does he think he is? Well, we know who he is. And Jesus says, let me remind you, uh, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens had been closed for three and a half years. A great famine was on the land. And it was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but to the widow of Zarephath near Sidon. Ah, that's suspect they get very uneasy over that in other words he wasn't sent to you all he was sent to this to this way out of the place foreign place foreign land recall too that many lepers in israel in the time of elisha the prophet yet not one was cured except naaman the syrian well this is too much for them to take in other words Of all that God could have cured of leprosy, he chose this foreigner, the Syrian, Naaman. Uh, They get the implication that God has chosen the obscure and those whom you look down upon to be the very instrument of curing and healing visited by Elijah and Elisha. Well, at these words, the whole synagogue is filled with indignation. You can only imagine. They rose up and expelled him from the town, leading him to the brow of the hill on which it was built, intending to hurl him over the edge. They're going to kill him. That's that's the reaction. That's what happens when jealousy and rage and envy They're demonic. Uh, We see that uh, dynamic in our own uh, in our own cities. We certainly saw it last summer: the uh, destruction, the killing, the maiming of people, the loss of lives and businesses and property, the tremendous unrest taking place. Uh, Just a, a terrible chaos division, and hatred, which is still with us today. And uh, their answer is, kill him. Kill the messenger, because we can't stand the message. But he went straight through their midst and walked away. Jesus will not be uh, killed that way. He will indeed offer himself on the cross but not being thrown over the brow of a hill the homecoming is to mix reviews and at times it's difficult very very difficult to proclaim the word of God and to live it now people may not be able or want to throw us under the bus but they can cast us out they can cut us off because the word of the Lord is too much and they can't accept it at that time. And uh, also that um, Jesus has the courage, of course, in the Holy Spirit to live and proclaim the mission given him by the Father. And so it is with us. We return to familiar things. We may have a religious experience, or the Lord may be calling us to do something, to say something, and the reaction of people can be very hostile, Uh, again, symbolically, throwing us over the hill. Um, And that's where courage and the Holy Spirit comes into play. We have to stand for something, in this case, for God's word. Rather than fall for everything, everything of human respect, human approval and praise that's fleeting and passing, the eternal things are of God. Because Jesus' real homecoming is not in Nazareth, it's not on earth. The homecoming will be with the ascension when Jesus returns to the Father. And so is our own homecoming, our own real homecoming. In the Latin, respire ad finem, look or breathe to the end. Look to the end things, look to the ultimate things, not the things that pass away, but the eternal presence of God, God's heavenly kingdom that we are called to live and to be a part of with Almighty God for all eternity. So, today we see Jesus and we see that uh, their hostility and the rejection of the Lord is there at the very beginning. And so it may be with many Christians, especially today, where there are actually people being killed for the faith, Uh, people are being ostracized and cast aside. We pray for them, that indeed the Lord may strengthen them. To continue to be those witnesses. We in our own lives and many in terrible situations and circumstances around the world, but the Lord will never abandon us and will never abandon them for they are part of the body of Christ. And so today we talk about homecoming, what we all one day long to be not a home made by human hands, not home here. We're sojourners, we're passing through, we're pilgrims to the true and lasting home where Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. May we look to the end things as we pass through this passing world knowing that our true and lasting home is with Almighty God. God bless you this day. And may you always look to the end things.